Open your Bibles to Luke, the fifth chapter. We're going to look at Luke, the fifth chapter, and also we're going to look at Luke chapter six. So we just believe together tonight to hear from heaven. Amen. Amen. To hear a word in season for you, a word that will be tailor made just for you tonight. So be it, Father, in Jesus name. Amen. In Luke, the fifth chapter and the 15th verse. It says, but so much the more went there a fame abroad of him and great multitudes came together to hear and to be healed by him of their infirmities. And then looking at Luke chapter six and verse 17, just one chapter over Luke six, 17. And he came down with them and stood in the plain and the company of his disciples and a great multitude of people out of all Judea and Jerusalem. And from the seacoast of Tyre and Sidon, which came to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. So we see that they did not just come to be healed, but they first came to hear. Amen. Many people are in a hurry to be healed. And sometimes their motivations for being healed are not that good. Um, you know, and I believe that when we do get a touch, when we do get a healing from the Lord, we ought to serve him with all of our might. I mean, before and after any healing manifests in our body. Somebody says, well, it's 2016, you know, please pray for me quick. I got plenty to do. I'm in a hurry to be healed. No, you better be in a hurry to hear the word of God. Now tonight, what I'm going to talk to you about is healing peace. We're going to look at the connection between divine healing and the peace with God and the peace of God. So we're going to look at a few scriptures tonight and see how this ties in perhaps to your particular situation or maybe you know someone that you can minister this to. In Isaiah 53, let's look over there at verses 4 and verse 5. Isaiah, the 53rd chapter, and the 4th and the 5th verse. Surely, I love the way that that starts out. That's positive. Surely he has borne our griefs. Literally, in the Hebrew, in the English, it's sicknesses. And carried our sorrows or our pains. Yet... We did esteem him, stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. Now notice this phrase. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. The punishment needful to obtain peace and well-being for us was upon him. Just like sin was put upon him... Just like he bore your disease, he also bore all anxieties, he bore all fear, he bore anything and everything that would bring torment to your soul. The chastisement of our peace. Say that with me. The chastisement of our peace was on him. Now notice the last phrase. And with his stripes, we are healed with his stripes we are healed ff bosworth said in his book christ the healer that jesus christ went to the cross spirit soul and body to redeem mankind spirit soul and body so let's take a look at this connection between peace 
and divine healing and divine health. You may ask yourself, well, what does that have to do with it? I believe the Lord will give us some answers. So turn a few pages over to Isaiah chapter 57. And notice with me in verse 18 and and in verse 19. Isaiah 57, verse 18 and verse 19. We could call this message tonight, Healing Peace. In verse 18, he said, I have seen his ways and will heal him. I will lead him also and restore comforts unto him and to his mourners. Notice with me, there comes as a result of healing also the restoration of comfort. The comforter has come. And the comforter dwells on the inside of you and on the inside of me. And one of the things that the comforter does is he restores and he quickens our bodies and makes it strong and makes it whole again. Praise the Lord. I'm going to restore comforts unto him and to his mourners. Now notice verse 19. I create the fruit of the lips. Peace, peace to him that is far off and to him that is near, says the Lord, and I will heal him. When the great I am says I will, you can bank on it. And so he declares peace and peace and he says, I will heal him. And then over in Jeremiah chapter 33, I think it's verse 6. I might be wrong about that. But the book of Jeremiah, I have it written down. If I'm wrong, you can just forgive me on that. No, it looks like it's right. No, notice this verse. He says, behold, I will bring it health and cure. And I will cure them. And not only that, but I will reveal unto them what? I will reveal unto them the abundance of peace and the abundance of truth. The truth is, he is Jehovah Rapha. The truth is, he is the Lord that healeth thee. The truth is, when we serve the Lord our God, he will bless our bread and our water, and he will take sickness and disease away from the midst of us. So along with this understanding that he is Jehovah Rapha and that he is our healer, there comes a great revelation and a great impartation of his peace. So let's continue to track this out. His healing and his peace are connected. How many of you remember the woman with the issue of blood? Now, the first thing that the Bible says about the woman with the issue of blood is that when she heard of Jesus, she heard something that so caused her to take action. She must have heard that he was going about and healing people from every quarter. So when she heard of Jesus, faith rose up in her heart. Now, normally we look at this from the book of uh, Mark, but we want to look at it tonight 
in the book of Luke. So turn to Luke and notice with me in chapter 8 and in verse 43. Let's take a close look at this woman with the issue of blood. I don't know what your issue is, but Jesus knows what your issue is. And he's got you. You are not a nobody. You are not an outcast. You are not a reject in his mind and in his thinking. You are the accepted and the beloved. And you, in fact, are somebody in him. And the eyes of the Lord are going throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on the behalf of those who will be loyal to him, who will open up their hearts to him, who will hear his word and press in to get what he's got for them. Amen. 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 Now notice with me in Luke chapter 8 verse 43, and a woman have an issue of blood 12 years. That's a long time. Anybody ever battled with something chronic for a long time? It's not much fun. But no matter how chronic the situation is, Jesus still has got you. Amen. 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 No matter what method that you may receive your healing from and healing through and by, it's all to the glory of God. It's all to the glory of God. Amen? Uh, Issue of blood 12 years. Now notice... She not only had this chronic issue for 12 years, but she spent all her living upon physicians. I mean, that's, that's serious stuff right there. I mean, it's one thing to have an issue, but it's another thing to be potentially broke because of the issue. And really, that falls under the curse You know, when the scripture says that he redeemed us from the curse of the law, we need to realize and understand the curse of the law was threefold. It was poverty, it was sickness, and it was spiritual death. Along with sickness and disease in many people's lives comes lack. And it was the case in her life. She spent her living in entirety, just about, on the physicians, neither could she be healed of any? Now notice in verse 44, she came behind him and touched the border of his garment. And what happened? Immediately, Immediately her issue of blood stanched. Now I don't know what the word stanched means, but I'm pretty sure it means stopped. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it means it desisted. In other words, the issue that was an issue was now a dead issue. But this woman took action. She just did not sit around and wait for something to happen. And I've discovered this. When it comes to healing and it comes to divine health, we all must take the actions that the Holy Spirit leads us to take. Amen. It might be getting in a healing line and having hands laid on you. It might be in a sanctuary where the glory of God fills the temple and the Spirit of the Lord comes down upon you and removes every sickness and disease out of your body. Or it might be another method or another avenue that God uses. You know, at the end of the day, what we want is we want health. We want healing. 
And so no matter how it happens or no matter how it comes through, our eyes are on Him. Lift up your hand and say, my eyes are on you. My eyes are on the great physician. And so the Bible says that immediately her issue of blood stanced and Jesus said, who touched me? Now, Jesus was aware of virtue or healing power going out of him. But she was also aware of virtue and healing power going into her. She felt in her body that she was healed. So he says, well, don't talk to me about feelings. No, I will talk to you about feelings because feelings are a good thing and it's good to feel good. I mean, even ask James Brown. He said, I feel good. He knew that he would. When you get in the Word and you get filled with the Holy Ghost and you're led by the Holy Ghost, you will feel good. You just got to know that you will. Amen. That's a good message right there. Thank you. And Jesus said, who touched me? When all denied, see, because there were people there that were touching him out of curiosity. There were people that were touching him out of, oh, it's Jesus, it's, it's the master. There was no faith there. Notice, who touched me? When all denied Peter... And they that were with him said, Master, the multitude is thronging thee and, the, and press thee. And how do you say who touched me? Read verse 46. And I want you to read it emphatically. Ready? Read. And Jesus said, Somebody. That's how I want you to read that. And Jesus said, Somebody hath touched me. For I perceive that virtue Woo, glory to God. Somebody, somebody with faith, somebody with action, somebody with tenacity, somebody with tenacity, somebody with determination, somebody touched me. I like it. You need to be that somebody. Be that somebody. Don't just sit around, wait for something to happen. Rise up in faith and make something happen. Virtue has gone out of me, verse 47. And when the woman saw that she was not hid, she came trembling. I believe that the trembling that she was trembling with was under the power of God. Yeah. You know, there's a, there's a trembling that fear can cause, but there's also a trembling and a shaking yeah. that comes from yeah. touching the hem of his garment, yeah. for being under the anointing of God. How many of you ever just shook under the power of God? Yeah. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. She trembled, and she fell down before him. And she declared unto him before all the people for what cause she had touched him. And now she was healed immediately. Immediately. 
And in verse 48, and he said unto her, daughter, be of what? Be of good cheer, be of good comfort. Thy faith has made thee whole. Now go in peace. Be comforted, woman. My healing power has been ministered to you. Your issue is now a dead issue. Now what I want you to do is I want you to go in peace. See that connection between healing and between the peace of God. Okay, so that's like the first level of that. We're going to take it a little bit further tonight. Another translation said, go in peace and be whole. Is it the will of God for us to be whole? Emphatically, yes. Whole. Whole minds. Whole bodies. Whole foods. The very God of peace. That's my prayer. I'm going to pray this right now for you. May the very God of peace sanctify every one of us holy. And I declare our whole spirit, soul, and bodies are being preserved blameless until the coming, until the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. Keep us, preserve us, make us whole, and give us peace both now and forevermore. For you are the God of Shalom. Be comforted in your spirit. Be comforted in your soul. Stop striving and enter into my rest. That's what the Lord is saying to you tonight. Now here's, a, here's something that I think is really important for us to realize. Many, not all, but many physical problems are a result of a lack of peace. Many of the diseases are stress-related. And sometimes the stress has extended for a long period of time. And as a result, the sickness and the disease has set in. What I want to say to you tonight by the Holy Spirit, to some of you tonight, is get rid of the anguish. Get rid of the anxiety. Get rid of the worry. In Hebrews, in chapter 3, and in verse 3, it says, those which have believed. Any believers in here tonight? Those which have believed. Keep on striving. Keep on stressing. Keep on fleshing out. No, those which really do believe, and this is whatever area of life you're believing God for, they which have believed, here's what they do. They do enter into rest. Let's pull that up in Hebrews, the third chapter and the third verse. Those which have believed do enter into rest.
Yeah, it's Hebrews 4, but I wanted to fool everybody. Let's pull Hebrews chapter 4 up there. Verse 3. Can't fool Brenda. Let's read it together. For we which have believed do enter into rest. Let's just stop right there. Is there a rest for believers? Is there a place of comfort for those who trust God? Is there a fear-free zone for those that are his own? Is there a place of safety in God? Though the storm rages and though the sea billows roll, is there a place of refuge for those who trust him? There's a place of comfort. There is a place of rest. You think about the word restored, the root word there, rest, ord, rest. Remember the man with the withered hand? Withered hand? Well, let's look at it. We've got a few more moments tonight. Let's look at that in Matthew chapter 12 and verse 13. Matthew, the 12th chapter and the 13th verse. Everyone say, rest, ord. Hallelujah. Then saith he to the man, stretch forth thine hand. And he stretched it forth, and it was restored like as the other. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Is he not the great shepherd of the sheep? Does he not make us to lie down in green pastures? He leads us beside what kind of waters? He leads you and me by still waters. But not only that, your great shepherd who has your best interests at heart, he is the one who restores your soul. He brings rest to people's souls in the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. He brings rest to people's souls who have chronic issues in their life. Once you pass the rest test and the fear test, you can enter in to a zone of life and divine health, and the life of God just flowing through your whole being. He restores my soul. Now, peace is a manifestation of the presence of God. The peace of God. And His peace and His presence will heal you And it will restore you. Amen? Now, here's what needs to happen in people's lives that are facing big challenges. There must be a resistance factor in their lives. Because fear will try to bombard you. And that's where he said, resist the devil and he will, what? He will flee from you. We could put the word fear then because fear comes from the devil. We could put the word doubt there because doubt doesn't come from God. So in James chapter 4 verse 7, 
It says, submit yourself to God. Resist the devil. Let's replace that with the word fear. Resist fear, and fear will flee from you. How about this one? Resist doubt, and doubt will flee from you. Resist anxiety, and anxiety will flee from you. Resist panic, and panic will flee from you. Instead of assisting fear and assisting doubt and assisting anxiety, we need to be resisting. How does a born-again, spirit-filled believer then assist fear? They talk about their fears. They rehearse their doubts. Oh, they may not do it in church, but in the privacy of their own home, Their words can be stout against him. So all I'm saying to you tonight is, don't assist the devil, resist him. Resist him with faith-filled words. When it doesn't feel well, and when it doesn't look well, and there will be times where you don't feel well, and there are many times where it doesn't look well, but you can call it well. I said you can call it well. Because faith calleth those things that be not as though they were. We must not call those things we do not desire. We must call those things we do desire. Amen. If you want the dog, don't call the cat. If you want abundance, don't call lack. If you want peace, don't call fear. If you want to live a life filled with the Spirit of the living God, don't call yourself empty. Don't call yourself stagnant. Don't call yourself lukewarm. Call yourself fired up, filled up, enthused and infused with the Spirit of the living God. Praise God. I believe it's time for every one of us in the body of Christ, especially in this church, to stir ourselves up by calling those things which be not as though they were. And if you'll call those things which be not as though they were, they will come to pass. Having done all to stand and resist that anxiety, having done all to stand and resist that fear, Just stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, having on the breastplate of righteousness, your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you can quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the rhema of the living Word of God. Amen. You can do this. I can do this, and to be frank with you, we must do this consistently as a way of life, not just when we're down, but when we're up, when we're in between, when we're in the valley, continue to call what you want. Stop calling what you're having in the natural realm and call those things. Ooh, that's good preaching. Call those things which be not as though they were. I'm calling myself debt free. How about you? I'm calling this church debt-free. How about you? I've been diagnosed with cancer. Call yourself cancer-free. 
Hallelujah. I'm telling you, there are rewards for those that will be diligent. Hebrews says this, without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder that casually come to church three times in a month. That's the average in America. Born again Christians. This is America. We go to church three times in 30 days. Well, my, 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 you better call Matt Dillon when you're sick. You better get Chester on the phone, baby. It just doesn't do it. Lukewarmness in the kingdom of God is not happening in this place. It's not happening in my heart, and it's not going to happen in this church. (laughs) Hallelujah. We're on fire. Hallelujah. We're not burning out. We're burning on. Amen. So... Healing and peace. And some people get so tense when it comes to healing. Sometimes you can feel it when you're laying hands on them. They're praying in tongues a hundred miles a minute. Just relax. You know, you can pray in tongues in fear. Jesus, Jesus. Get the wine out of your voice. Here's what I'm saying. Relax. Just relax. Get rid of the tension and relax. Because fear is a huge hindrance to people being healed. Now here's a major key. Look at Isaiah 26 verse 3. Isaiah 26 3. Are you getting anything out of this today? I hope you are. Isaiah 26, verse 3. I believe there's rewards for Wednesday night warriors. Amen. I'm a Wednesday night warrior. How about you? Isaiah 26, 3. Now here's our responsibility. This is my responsibility. Nobody can do this for you. Nobody could do this for me when I went through the valley of the shadow of death. When I faced life-threatening sickness and disease in my life, people could pray for me, but I had to do something for myself based on what he's already done for me. Knowing what he's already done for you is good, but it's not enough. You've got to press in and apply the Word of God on a daily basis. Amen? Anybody that has been through the valley of the shadow of death, that approached it with faith, will tell you the very same thing. Keith Moore said this. He taught healing school for, I don't know how many years down at Ramah, several years. But he said there was one strong indicator of people that made it through the valley of the shadow of death. It was one characteristic that he noticed, and it was a common denominator among all of them, and that was this. They were all fighters. They were fighters. They were fighters. And in this life, we must fight. We must fight the good fight. The good news, it's a good fight. 
Brother Copeland says, you know what a good fight is? A good fight is a fight you win. And a good fight is a fixed fight. Amen? So be a fighter. Be a warrior. Isaiah 26, 3, thou will keep him in perfect peace. Perfect peace is shalom, shalom, which means wholeness. Whose, here it is, whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusts in you. Well, somebody says, I, I'm, I'm trusting in the Lord, Pastor, but I just, I just can't seem to keep my mind on him. That's a lie of the devil. People can keep their mind on television for three and four hours at a time. We can keep our mind on him. And not through a religious exercise. One way that you just do it is just practice his presence. Just walk around your home just praising God. I will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon me. Now, how many of you remember... In Mark chapter 4, where Jesus told the disciples to go to the other side, the fact that he told them to go to the other side meant that they were were enabled to go to the other side simply because he said it. So as they heard that, they got into the boat and they took off, but then the storm arose, right? The floods beat vehemently against the ship. And they cried out for fear. Jesus was in the hinder part of the ship. They woke him up and said, Master, don't you care that we perish? In other words, aren't you filled with fear? Aren't you panicking? Aren't you so stressed out over this storm? The Bible says that Jesus rose up and spoke and said what? Peace, what? Be still. Peace, be still. At one time, during the storm, there was a great storm. But when Jesus said, peace be still, there was a great calm. So he says, what has that got to do with me? It has a lot to do with you because the disciples could have done the same thing. Because they were enabled by him because he said, we're going to the other side. They could have left him asleep on a pillow and rose up in that ship and spoke and said, peace be still. And there are many people waiting for Jesus to do what Jesus is waiting for us to do. There are many people that are waiting on God when in reality God is waiting on us to rise up. In whatever circumstance we face, in context of what we're saying tonight, the bombardments of the enemy come to your soul. And there are times where you just have to talk to your soul. David said, why are you disquieted within me? And David's peace be still was hope thou in God. And your peace may be still, may be talking to your soul. And say, soul, you're not going to think that way today. Even if you have to lay hands on your own head and say, peace be still. Peace be still. And there can be a great calm in your life. So that then you are able to pick up and to receive what God has got for you. Look at Psalm 46, verse 10. There's a connection between healing and peace. 
As a matter of fact, some people will never be healed unless they get fear out. Unless they get the tension out and the anxiety out. What does the Bible say? It says, be careful for nothing. Be careful for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Be known to God. Until you are unafraid to die, you will never really live. Until the fear of death has absolutely nothing on you and nothing in you. Until that happens, you're not really going to live. But oh, hallelujah. When you know that even if you did leave your body, that boom, you'd immediately be in the presence of the Lord. I'm telling you, it just takes fear right out of you. No more fear of death. Now, on the other hand, we ain't going to die. We're going to live and not die. And we're going to declare the works of the Lord. And with long, come on, somebody, help me out. With long life. Is that right, Raul? What kind of life? life. Hallelujah. What kind of life, Jamar? Hallelujah. Long life, strong life, freedom from fear life, panic-free life. Long life. Long life. Strong life. All right? So here's Psalms 46, verse 10. It says here, Be still. Peace, be still. Be still, O my soul. Be still. And just know that I am your God. Know that I am Jehovah Rapha. Know that I'm God. I'm God. And I will be exalted among the heathen. And I will be exalted in the earth. One translation says, and I love this, it says, Be still, O my soul. One translation says, Let be and be still. Everyone say, Let be and be still. Now, what does let be mean? Let be, be means just cast it over on him. Just refuse to take it. Just roll all the care completely over into his hands. Just let it be in his hands. And be still. And know and recognize and understand that I'm God. And I will be exalted. Amen? And then lastly, we want to look at a couple of things uh, in Colossians chapter 3 and verse 14 and verse 15 and verse 16. Colossians chapter 3. Well, actually, verse 15 and verse 16. Verse 15. And let the peace of God do what? Let it rule where? And also, let it rule in your emotions. Let the peace of God. It's there. Let it. Let it rule. Let it have full sway in your, in your heart and in your mind. To which you are also called into one body and be thankful. And in the same context, 
he says in verse 16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. So there's two lets there, right? Number one, let the peace of God. Number two, let the word of God. So when you let the word of God dwell in you richly, I firmly believe that the peace of God will rule in your heart and in your emotions. There's peace that comes through being in the Word. And the last scripture we'll look at is Acts chapter 10, verses 36 through 38. Did you wear shouting clothes tonight? Your shouting clothes are the clothes you have on. Acts 10, 36. 10, 36. Maybe I should do a little... <laughs> and God. <laughs> I, I forgot how to do that. Praise the Lord. Sounds like the guy's going to croak. Hallelujah. Anyway. Acts 10.36 says, The word which God sent unto the children of the Bay Area... Preaching what? Peace. Preaching peace by Jesus Christ. Yeah. He is Lord of all. So we can see that peace was what? Preach. Peace was preached. Now, verse 37. That word, that peace, that gospel that was preached, which is full of peace. That word, I say, you know which was published throughout all Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached. Here's the word. How God. (laughs) How God anointed the Prince of Peace, Jesus of Nazareth, with, hallelujah, the Holy Ghost and with power. And what did he do when he was anointed with the Holy Ghost and power? He went about doing good. And healing all that were oppressed of the devil. This is the gospel of peace that brings healing to all that are oppressed. Amen? Amen. Healing and peace go together. Let's stand up. Amen. Father, we thank you tonight for your word. And we pray right now for one another. And we open up our hearts to say, yes, Lord. Yes, we refuse to be dictated by the circumstances that we face in our lives. But we come under the mighty hand of God. And we let your peace reign and we let it rule in our hearts. Lord, we let your word that we've heard and the word that we'll read tomorrow and act on tomorrow, we will just allow your word to dwell richly in our lives. And Father, tonight we take authority over the fears that have tried to hinder us. We tell you, devil, not only back off, but we tell you, go in the name of Jesus. You that have been toying with the souls of these people, we break your power right now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We close the door and we keep it shut. We say, doubt, you must come out. And fear has no place in me. 
Because the Lord, come on, raise your hands. Because the Lord is on my side. I will not fear. I refuse to be anxious. Because I am a believer. And because I believe, I enter in right now to your rest. Refresh our souls. Refresh every person here tonight. Just go ahead and pray in the Holy Ghost for a few moments with me tonight.